You are listening to the War on Autism podcast, where autism, recovery, and life coaching collide. I am your host, Allison Smith, certified life coach and mom of an amazing autistic son. Hello, my fellow warriors, and welcome to the War on Autism podcast, episode three. So we have discussed before that the war on autism is very multifaceted. There are a lot of different components that go into fighting this war, and today we're going to move away from the life coaching that we touched on last week and a little bit more on the technical side, a little more scientific, but very important for you to know. Many of you may not be familiar with EMF, but the term has been floating around the media a little bit more lately, and this is something that I have just become aware of, so I felt it was necessary to share with you. In case you have never heard the word EMF, it stands for electromagnetic fields. And EMF is basically the measurement of all the waves, of all the radiation, electric or magnetic, all the things that are floating out in the universe that we cannot see with the naked eye. Just like when you go to get an x-ray, you stand in front of the panel, you hear the zap, and you don't ever actually see the radiation coming out of the tube, but you know the x-ray was done because you have the evidence when it comes out on the screen. That is exactly what EMF is. It is produced by almost everything that we have in our home. You can't see it, but it's there. So you're going to see EMFs from your dishwasher, from your refrigerator, definitely your cell phone, your wireless headphones, your tablets. But the big one that I want to focus on today is Wi-Fi. And more specifically, the effect of Wi-Fi that it has on your blood-brain barrier. I know this is sort of a geeky subject, and it may be a little hard to follow, so I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible to understand, and I'm not going to get out into the weeds about all of the EMF and all the ins and outs of the electromagnetic fields. I'm going to break it down as easily as I can because I know you moms. I know y'all are busy. Y'all have your hands full. Your brain is going a thousand different directions. You have all the things to do, so I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible for you to digest so that you can apply maybe some of the suggestions at the end. So what is the blood-brain barrier? The blood-brain barrier is a collection of vessels. Think of this as knitting between your circulatory system, so all of your blood vessels that are coursing through your body, and your brain. We were created so wonderfully because this network is our filtration system for the brain. This is what keeps any junky stuff, any toxins, parabens, that sort of thing from going straight to our brain because our brain is actually very, very fragile. And this blood-brain barrier is so incredibly designed because it can filter out and protect us from the toxins and the pathogens. But at the same time, it's going to allow your brain to get nutrients and vitamins. Isn't that fascinating? It is very much like the placenta. So most of us moms, we understand how the placenta works. It's our barrier. It keeps our little baby who is in utero, very protected from all the junky stuff that may be going on in our body, but yet it is still giving he or she the the nourishment to grow. So what do these two have to do with one another? What does the blood-brain barrier and Wi-Fi possibly have to do with one another? How are they connected? And what does that mean for you as the caregiver to someone who has autism? The reason that this is important is because anything that affects or could possibly affect our little one's brains is going to affect every aspect of their life. As you begin Googling autism, 
autism spectrum disorder, you start Googling ADHD or any other type of neurological disorder, you will see the close connection between all of their physical symptoms, such as stimming or tiptoeing. They all come back to their central nervous system. They all come back to the brain. So I feel it's only natural that we have to look at the brain and look for a root cause. As I was studying about Wi-Fi and I was studying about EMF and the links with autism, I came across a very, very interesting study. And by the way, most of the studies that I have, I will cite at the end of the podcast. And I encourage you all to do your research. Please don't just trust me. Dive down the rabbit hole. Do the Google search. Read the clinical studies for yourself. I really think that you owe it to yourself to prove it to yourself. Anyways, I'm getting off subject. Okay, so I was looking at a study on PubMed. And this is from the National Library of Medicine. And I found an article on the permeability of the blood-brain barrier induced by electromagnetic radiation, or EMF. This was a controlled study of rats. And they gave these rats a protein that would normally never pass the blood-brain barrier of rats. Then they exposed the rats to controlled levels of EMF. And it was very interesting because at the end of the study, they found that 14 out of the 35 rats who had 915 megahertz of microwaves, which is the EMF, they had that protein present. So that proved that 14 out of 35 of these rats, their blood-brain barrier was essentially dilated and let these proteins in where they would have normally never gone through. And that is very scary. Do you know why that's very scary? because they were only exposed to 915 megahertz for a limited amount of time. And right now, as you and I are probably sitting in a room full of Wi-Fi, we are getting a minimum of 2400 megahertz. And if we're in an area with true 5G, then we're sitting in 5,000 megahertz. And that is firing continuously. This study, with the rats was only 915 for a limited time. So we are getting five times the exposure that these rats had. And even with their small amount of exposure, their blood brain barrier was compromised. And when you're in a state where your blood brain barrier is compromised, it cannot perform properly. So then you're thinking, well, what all is getting to the brain? What about heavy metals? The heavy metals from your foods, maybe the things that would never have passed before are getting through because that blood-brain barrier is compromised. What about pathogens and toxins? What about parabens or glyphosate? You know, Roundup is in most of our food. If you're not eating organic, that Roundup you are consuming, and it's going to get through that blood-brain barrier possibly. Very frightening to think of when you think about it in that perspective, isn't it? So as I was reading... And researching this study, I was asking myself these questions, and then I went down the rabbit hole. Y'all, I ended up finding way more information than I can ever put into one podcast, but I did find one other research study that I do want to talk on very briefly, and it was a study where RF EMF, which is going to be your radio frequency electromagnetic fields, can induce changes in the central nervous system, nerve cells. Okay, so this whole study was about how the EMF is going to affect central nervous system on the cellular level. And the article goes on to say that it is affecting on a cellular level, and that includes neural cell apoptosis, 
changes in the function of the nerve myelin and ion channels. I'm going to go into each one of these in a little bit more detail, but it's proving that EMF is creating change on a nerve cell level, and that should be front page news, folks. So let's back up. Let's look at neural cell apoptosis, which is the first thing mentioned in the study. What that is is basically programmed cell suicide. There are two types of cell death. There's apoptosis and there's necrosis. Necrosis, let's think of it as dropping a bomb on a building. It's huge, instant explosion. Necrosis is generally from an outside stimuli, and it's sudden cell death. So the big, huge, the bomb drops, boom, and then it's over. But apostasis, on the other hand, that is programmed cell death. So think of this as a very controlled implosion. You have this building. It's very controlled. And we're going to implode one level at a time, one floor at a time, all the way down. It's a slower process, very controlled and very scheduled. And that is what we are seeing with this EMF exposure. The cells in your brain are dying little by little on a schedule to death. And that makes me think of our autistic babies who are all, who are, you know, intellectually, some of them very far behind. Could it possibly be because they are experiencing some cell death in their brains? What about ourselves? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but this mama needs every last brain cell working at full capacity. So I know I need to pay attention. The second thing mentioned in this article were changes in the nerve myelin. I don't know if you remember this from biology, but you have a myelin sheath, and that is the protection coating around your nerves. And it serves two functions, one of which is to protect itself, and the second one is to speed up transmission. So this is going to take that signal from your brain and it's going to shoot instantly down your finger, tell your finger to move at lightning speed if you are, for instance, touching a hot stove. It's the speed of transmission. But when it becomes damaged, what ends up happening is the myelin cannot send a quick signal. Things get a little hazy, things slow down, and in fact, they slow down quite a bit. Then what happens is you end up with muscle weakness or spasms or problems with balance. It can also affect your speech and swallowing, which I find very fascinating because I have had Isaac tested multiple times for autism. We've done all the ADOS testing multiple times. We have had testings for ABA. We've had testings for other therapies. And that is always in my questionnaire as a parent. Have I noticed balance issues or have I noticed muscle development issues? And I find that very fascinating that those issues could be related to a myelin problem and therefore could be affected by Wi-Fi. The other thing mentioned in this article are the malfunctions of the ion channels. So ion channels are, are how your neurotransmitters send the signals, how they release these proteins. So your calcium, your sodium, your potassium, they travel through this ion channel to its designated place. And when that malfunctions, then you start getting to all sorts of neurological disorders. They found it's very, very linked to Alzheimer's, to Parkinson's and MS, and on and on with all the neurological diseases. So either way you look at it, this EMF has been proven to cause all of these neurological issues, which we know will manifest itself in the body with other physical issues. So if we know that Wi-Fi has a direct effect on the blood-brain barrier and all things associated with that, then what does that mean for your little one down the road? And what's it doing to them right now? But there again, what can we do about it? We live in a 5G world. We live where every public space 
home or a restaurant offers Wi-Fi. In fact, most restaurants don't even have menus anymore. You have to scan a QR code to even pull up the menu. So what can we do about it? How can we reduce the exposure? I actually have my degree in radiology technology. Therefore, I've had several semesters of radiation exposure. And the first thing they teach you about radiation exposure is distance. Create distance. So if you have Wi-Fi in your home, be sure your router is as far away from your child's room as possible or as far away from the common living spaces as possible. Also look at maybe turning the Wi-Fi off at night. At least give yourself a break from the constant radiation. And I would also like to add that it has been proven that EMF will reduce your production of melatonin, which there again I find very fascinating because most autistic children do not sleep well. They have very erratic sleep patterns, generally very early risers, and I find it's ironic that EMF is shown to reduce melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. I feel like turning off the Wi-Fi at night, you're probably going to increase that production of melatonin for your child and yourself. You should see improvement in sleep patterns, and it's also very pivotal because at night, that is when your cells repair. All the cells in your body repair at night when you're resting, so why not just reduce the EMF, turn off that Wi-Fi, and see if your cells can repair better without interference. The second thing taught in radiation exposure class is time. Limit the time you are exposed. This means that cell phones, iPads, all of that good stuff, it should be limited to a minimum. Maybe run your dishwasher or your washing machine on the quickest setting possible. I know my dishwasher has a one hour wash cycle time. That's one of the options that we've been trying to use. But the studies are still coming out about all the harmful effects of EMF. So do yourself a favor and stay ahead of the curve on this one. You and I both know that the government works very, very slowly. It's going to take years of studies before the government actually comes out and says, hey, we need to do something about this. So do yourself a, a favor. Don't waste those years. Let's get ahead of it. And let's go ahead and try to implement some of these things right now. Our autistic babies are so much more sensitive than neurotypical children. So we don't even know how they're really feeling when they're being exposed to these EMFs. And how is it affecting their developing brains? We're upping it so much as the parents of autistic children that we need to try everything possible for healing. And I will say, if you want to really dig in the weeds, there are multiple testimonies from parents who say limiting Wi-Fi has helped their child. It's helped them from stimming. It's also helped them improve speech when they keep those tablets and those Wi-Fi signals to an absolute minimum. And maybe you've noticed it. Maybe you've noticed it in your own home. Does your child stim more when they have a tablet in their hand? Or do they stim more when they're in the room where the Wi-Fi router is? Maybe, maybe not, but just something to be aware of. Like I said, this is something new that we just started with my son because honestly, I just became aware of the dangers of Wi-Fi myself very recently. We ordered a kill switch last week and I'm so excited to try it out. But after I ordered it, I realized I only ordered one outlet and we actually have two Wi-Fi routers. So I had to send it back. I have a new one on its way. It is in route, and I will keep y'all posted on Instagram about the progress that we are having with limited EMF exposure. I'm going to keep a journal and share all of my results with y'all. I cannot wait. I'm really hoping to see some big changes. And if you're not following me on Instagram yet, my username is Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N underscore Smith underscore 89. 
or you can find all of the links to my socials on my website, www.waronautism.org. If you have had any success with EMF limitations or improvement of symptoms, please drop a comment. I would love to hear from you and please be sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, my friends, fight the good fight. Bye-bye.